When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Do you know what I use to record these podcasts? It's Anchor by Spotify. It's the easiest way to make a podcast with everything you need all in one place. Let me explain. Anchor has tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or a computer. It's all really, really easy. It's all really intuitive. When hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your podcast on listening platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. It's everything you need to make a podcast. Good morning. Welcome to Breakfast with Ken for Thursday, July 29th, 2021. Brought to you by the great people at Today's Dentistry, Dr. Mike O'Neill, the best dentist in the business. Call and make an appointment to it today. 317-849-2933. If you like the video, press like. It's a nice thing to do. Let's talk about the Indianapolis Colts. We'll hit the Pacers. We'll talk about the Big 12. Cubs also talk about them. But the Colts first. The Colts announced yesterday that Braden Smith has signed an extension to remain with the team. Really, really good right tackle. Four years, $72.4 million, $42 million of that guaranteed. So those five guys across the offensive line, if they sign Eric Fisher, if he's back from the Achilles and he looks like he's going to be a starting right tackle for the next couple of years, they can wind up spending $75 to $80 million on that offensive line. And that's going to be between 35 and 40% of their cap number. That is a lot of cash to spend on an offensive line. It's not that they're not worth it. It's not that you shouldn't invest in the offensive line. It is that that means you can't pay everybody else, right? You can't have 22 pro bowlers in the NFL because you can't afford them. You can't pay that ticket for every position. So if you've got an offensive line that's going to cost you 35% of your cap, 40% of your cap, that means you're going to take it in the short someplace else. You start paying other guys like DeForest Buckner $20 million a year. Carson Wentz, $24 million a year. All of a sudden, how are you going to pay a competent group of cornerbacks, linebackers, safeties, running backs, and wide receivers, right? you got to make your choices. The Indianapolis Colts, they're doing that. They're going heavy in investing in that offensive line. I'm not saying it's good or bad. I'm not judging. What I am saying is that it is really tough to build a competent football team when you're spending that kind of jack on one position unit. Uh, Yesterday, the offense wasn't sharp, but you expect that. Carson Wentz didn't look good. You expect that. Day one at camp with his new team, the timing with the receivers is not going to be there and it wasn't yesterday. That's why they start on July 28th and they don't play 
uh, a real game until September 12th. They got a long time to build some kind of fabric of trust and timing between the receivers and the quarterback, the line and the quarterback, the offense that'll get going. It's going to look ugly early. However, I'll tell you what didn't look ugly. Few of the people. Marlon Mack did not look ugly. Marlon Mack looked really, really good. He looked like Marlon Mack. About what? He is 10 and a half months removed from uh, Achilles surgery. Tore his Achilles. He looked really good. Making good cuts. Looked terrific. Michael Strawn, the seventh rounder, the wide receiver. Six, does he look statuesque, man? He is big. He runs good routes, it looks like. He looks like he's got good hands. I liked watching number 17 yesterday. It was one of those things. You know, as you watch his workouts, you're like, who's 17? Numbers, right? Your eyes are drawn to certain numbers. Michael Strawn is 17. So there you go. Um, the Mo Ali Cox looked pretty good. Jonathan Taylor looked pretty good. Quiddy Pay looked like a guy who just wants to run and sprint toward the ball. All day long, uh, he said after practice that it's the speed that he's got to get himself used to, and that's what happens in the NFL. When you're a rookie, you got to get used to the speed as quickly as possible so you can become fast enough to be productive yourself. We'll see if Quiddy Pay is able to get that done. Uh, they, the uh, Colts, they made a free agent signing yesterday. No big deal, really. Kind of a bottom-of-the-roster type guy, a depth piece for the defensive line. Demontre Moore, a third rounder in 2013, played last year for the Seahawks. Uh, 66 games overall, 75 tackles, 11 sacks, four forced fumbles. Uh, he's a guy. You bring in a guy. You kick the tires. You see if he can do something for you. Maybe he can give you some productive snaps every game and keep a guy like Pay or Dio Odangbo or al Kadeen Muhammad or whomever kind of fresh later in the game. That's, Ballard's very good at building the back end of the roster. That is something that I think he's excelled at. So, um, But practice today, 10 o'clock, I'm guessing it's going to be indoors. I'm too stupid to come in out of the rain. It's just raining a little bit, kind of spitting, but a little bit later today, that rain is going to become, if not torrential, at, at least steady, and that means they're going to move inside in all likelihood. Uh, the NBA draft tonight. And this is going to be fascinating with the Pacers scheduled to draft 13th. People are going to come knocking on the Pacers' door. The phone is going to ring in Kevin Pritchard's office. And you know who it was, uh, according to reports yesterday and the day before? It was Rob Palenka of the uh, Los Angeles Lakers. Rob Palenka, of course, a native of Lake Bluff, Illinois, grew up on the west side of Lake Bluff on West Sheridan Place, if I'm not mistaken, and uh, called Pritchard and said, hey, I got Kyle Kuzma. How about Kyle Kuzma in 22 for uh, your 13th pick? And Kevin Pritchard went, <laughs> good to talk, Rob, and hung up the phone because that's what you do when a guy offers you two pieces of mediocrity for one piece of potential dynamic good. That's what you can get at 13. That's what happens. Donovan Mitchell, we say it every day, Donovan Mitchell, right? Devin Booker. Zach Levine, all taken 13th overall in the 14, 15, and 17 draft, not in that order. You can go get a really good guy at 13, and this is a terrific draft that is deep in that middle tier. Top tier, kind of tight. That middle tier is pretty big. They have no idea who's going to drop to 13. There's going to be quality 
at 13, and the Pacers can go get it. Why would they give? Why would they take 22 and Kyle Kuzma in exchange for what could wind up being a franchise-level player? It's a good question. Who could be available? Corey Kispert could be available. Kispert worked out for the uh, Pacers. Likely, the Pacers are to lose Doug McDermott, so why not draft a new Doug McDermott? And that's exactly what Corey Kispert is. Uh, Kai Jones, he's a big who came in, worked out with the Pacers earlier, worked out with Moses Moody. Uh, Josh Giddy, who is a playmaking wing, kind of that point-forward type guy from Australia, very, very young, uh, can't shoot yet. Uh, Non-shooters need not apply. Uh, It's why Ben Simmons is still with the 76ers. Uh, Devion Mitchell from Baylor, he could be available, and he's a guy who could help immediately. Uh, Chris Duarte is a guy I think that's kind of under the radar. I like Chris Duarte. We'll see uh, where he goes in the draft. But the guy I'm going to look for is Moses Moody. And at 8, I'm going to hope nobody takes Moses. And at 9, don't take Moses. 10, don't take Moses. Let him fall to 13 so the Pacers can get Moses Moody. Moses Moody, I think, is the guy in that middle tier of the draft who can really explode. He's played only his freshman year at Arkansas. Really, really good player. Good shooter, good defender, long. He checks a lot of boxes, and that's why he's likely not to last till 13. But you never know. Maybe all these GMs between 8 and 12 are idiots. We can hope, can't we? Absolutely. Knock wood. The Big 12, they're not happy with ESPN. They have issued a cease and desist letter to ESPN saying, hey, stop talking to rival conferences and our member schools about disrupting college uh, athletics and in sending all of this chaos into our midst that resulted now in Texas and Oklahoma requesting an invitation to join the SEC. Bob Bowlesby's upset. Of course he's upset because the conference that he is the commissioner of is about to self-immolate. That's been, the writing's been on the wall forever since the Big 12 allowed Texas to launch the Longhorn Network. You knew this thing was, was a tinderbox going to explode at some point, and it is. It's not ESPN's fault. They might have exacerbated it. They might have accelerated it. But you know what? That's what they do. They've got the rights to all SEC stuff beginning in 2024. They want the SEC to be terrific. The, the gravity has always been four conferences of 16 uh, programs in each conference. You might wind up, though, with one super conference that peels away from the NCAA, and you wind up with four divisions and two subdivisions within those four divisions. You could wind up with that. That we'll see. The, the NCAA, speaking of self-immolating, uh, Mark Emmert is kind of signing the death warrant of that organization every time he opens his mouth by saying that, you know, I, I'm not sure we're the right people to govern college athletics. All right. You know, that's like being a closer for a baseball team and saying, you know, I, I'm not sure I can close games anymore. I, I'm not really a save opportunity guy. It, Okay, then don't be. That's easy enough. Uh, The Cubs last night, oh, by the way, ESPN responded to the cease and desist letter uh, with a very simple eight-word statement. The claim in the letter has no merit. There you go. 
uh, Cubs lost last night 8-2. to two. What did I say yesterday? I said that what the Cubs need to do is hit Joey Votto in the ribs. Right? You need to, like, change his rhythm. Change his approach to hitting. And maybe you can't. Maybe Joey Votto at the age of 37, 38 is way too long in the tooth to be intimidated by, you know, a, uh, uh, a Kyle Hendricks fastball to, to the nether regions. You know what I mean? It, taking one in the dupa, that's not, exa- that's not going to maybe change Joey Votto's outlook his next at bat, especially when he can't throw at 85. So maybe it, it was the wrong answer. But the absolute wrong answer is to keep pitching him the way you've been pitching him. Last night he hit two more bombs. Two more home runs for Joey Votto. Cubs and the Reds, 2 o'clock, 2.20 today at Wrigley. My God almighty, what are we doing? It, exactly. Exactly, Bob. You, you've got, And the home runs he hits, he totally pimps out the home run trot. Totally. He makes Fernando Tatis Jr. look like a piker in pimping out a home run. It's ridiculous. You've got to hit this guy. Don Drysdale, Bob Gibson, these guys are spinning in their graves. Sal the Barber Magley, spinning in his grave. Right, I assume he's dead. you got to hit these guys. You've got to change your approach. That's good country baseball. That's hardball. Let's play some hardball if you're the Cubs. What are they doing? Let's get angry. Let's compete. You know what the hell with this? I'm tired of this guy going deep every other at bat against us. I'm throwing at his ribs. I can't throw 85, but I'm going to give what I got and make this guy at least wince so that the next time he comes to the plate, he isn't thinking, hey, I'm going yacker all day long. Cubs, drive me nuts. Compete. A little bit. Trade deadline tomorrow. We'll see who's a Cub after tomorrow, 4 o'clock. Birthdays being celebrated today. The great Bashir Barani, the great Katie Kinnear celebrating a birthday. Jude, uh, Jude Bill. Happy birthday. The great Sally Kelly. Happy birthday. The great Gary Burbank, one of the most creative guys in the history of radio, celebrating a birthday. Scott Farrell. Happy birthday. Tracy Martin. The great Lee Rosenthal. And the great Rick Morrissey celebrating a birthday. If today's your birthday, you celebrate like hell. If it's not your birthday, you celebrate somebody else that's best done with an honest and specific compliment. We're going to head out very, very shortly to the Colts camp, go inside, watch them practice, See what small progress they make in day two, and there's got to be progress, and and there will be. You're not going to see the Colts play in games, you know, in September the way they practiced yesterday. It's just not going to happen, and that's a very, very good thing. They've got money for Nelson and Leonard, but are they going to have money for anybody else? That's the question. Darius is going to get his. Quentin is going to get his. Um... You know, uh, hoping Chris Ballard letting those guys go and then hoping he's able to catch lightning in a bottle again in a subsequent draft isn't going to happen. They're going to keep their guys. That's what they preach, and what Chris Ballard preaches generally is what comes to pass. We'll talk to you a little bit later today, and then live stream tonight as the Pacers pick. That will be on my YouTube channel. Can't wait to talk to you then. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. 
Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See why CNBC ranks Minnesota number four best state to live and work. A great place to work, an even better place to live. ExploreMinnesota.com slash live. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, the values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See why CNBC ranks Minnesota number four best state to live and work. A great place to work, an even better place to live. ExploreMinnesota.com slash live.